0: Good evening, everyone. Good evening, man. People are into it tonight. <laughs> Welcome along. It's it really is awesome to be here, be here with family and just enjoying him. You know. Um, so tonight we're. It's not officially. It's not the first night of the series, but, um, first first night that I've. I've been (laughs) speaking it anyway. We're going to be looking at drawing from the wellspring. So, Jesus says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. So, over the course of the next few months, we're going to be hearing from a variety of different speakers on this topic drawing from the wellspring. And so what, what this is about is hearing from, from different people how they draw from this source of life, how they connect in relationship with God um, in their times with Him. Um, so this is, these teachings are going to be a little bit more practical, but just because they're practical doesn't mean that they're not deeply spiritual. In fact, the two are, are intimately linked together. Something can't be genuinely practical unless it's deeply spiritual, unless it flows from a place in our innermost being, rivers of living water. So although we're looking at something practical tonight, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what my relationship with God has practically looked like over the years, how I've grown, what it looks like for me now in my day-to-day life, um, drawing from the source of life, which is the Word of God, Christ himself. So it's going to be deeply spiritual and yet very practical or has been practical for me um, in my life. I thought um, we'd kick off tonight and I thought I'd take you back to primary school. Who, who liked primary school? Yeah, yeah, lunch times, the best time of day. Drinking hot milk, that's the one. So we're going to go back to, to year five primary school and I've got a science lesson for you. I've been inspired by Greg if it doesn't work out for us as preachers, we might become school teachers. <laughs> um, but we're going back to primary school today, and this is probably the only science lesson I can remember from my child my childhood years. And our teacher, I can't actually remember what teacher it was, but I was deeply impacted by what they shared. They talked to us about this thing called water. And I thought, well, we're looking at living water tonight, so why not look at water? And if I said to you, like when I talk about water, what, what comes to your mind? This? Is, that, is this living water? Is this water? Yeah, it is water. But wait, there's more. Now, my, my little brain in year five got absolutely blown when my teacher said, but water isn't just this liquid substance. There's actually three states of water. Did you know that? Who knows what they are? Solids, liquids, and gas—three states of matter—and we could say that drawing from this wellspring is not a singular thing. It doesn't take a singular expression. It's not static. It's not just solid, or it's not just liquid. See, the Holy or the God Himself is three in one: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it's in this divine diversity that there's a beautiful unity that we see and so in drawing from the wellspring I can't talk with you about a single expression to my faith I can't tell you that you draw life simply by sitting reading your bible in a half an hour quiet time before you start the day because actually receiving and drawing from the wellspring is more dynamic than that there's more, there's more to it. It's not just liquid or it's not just solid. So I'm going to be talking to you this evening about solid, liquid, and gas. I'm going to be talking about this dynamic unity in our relationship with Him, which isn't just, doesn't just take one expression because it's not about your outward physical expression. It's about the inner life that you come into through that expression. So as I share and you'll hear things about my practical work, but what I need you to hear is that this is, it's not just practical, it's spiritual and practical. Now, in our discipleship group, um, Jaden, who's full of um, awesome pearls of wisdom, shared this with us. He, he talked about working out, losing weight, and getting fit. And he said this, he said, and he, he said, actually, he said 80% of what, you do is about your diet. And 20% is about what you actually physically do, right? 20, 80% is about what you eat. And 20% is about what you do. And he said, generally, we flip those two around. And we try 80% of the time trying to bulk up at the gym. We try and pump the weights. We try and go for runs. We try and do all these things. And we spend only 20% on on our appetite and on our, on our food source. And so we eat McDonald's, we eat all of these things, and yet it's that, it's that hunger, that, that fleshly desire that has us not doing the wrong things, but has what should be up the right way flipped upside down. So we focus on the minor. We major on the minor and minor on the major. And all of a sudden, we're working in what's singular, but it should be plural, we're taking one expression that should be the primary and we're making it the secondary. So tonight, what I want you to hear is the manifold expression of drawing from this wellspring. Not one, not the other, but a multifaceted dimension and a dynamic relationship that we can be in with God. Is that cool? Cool. All right. So I've got here. What is a solid so for me, a solid is receiving from God through the intentional, structured time with Him in my daily walk. That's a solid. A liquid, receiving from God through the everyday things of life. So it might be through relationships with people. It might be in discipleship with others. It might be the things that I learned through, through my workplace. That's a liquid. It's, it's much more fluid. It's, I can't plan in advance to receive divine revelation through a conversation that I have with a workmate, but yet in there I'm receiving something that's living, something of life. I'm receiving the word of God in a dynamic way. And gas. Receiving don't don't don't, don't, don't like give me little smiles when I say the word gas. It's actually a good typology. <laughs> it's what, it's what emanates from you. Don't go there. <laughs> It's what emanates from you and your ministry to others, and these three things are inseparable. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. But Paul talks about having this aroma, this fragrance of Christ, and it's not a foul stench, it's a soothing aroma that emanates from us as we are living in this dynamic relationship with our Father. All right, so so the solids. Our relationship with God, I've said here, has to take some kind of form, shape, or structure to it that facilitates intimate relationship. So just like in any other relationship, like in our marriage, there has to be some sort of intentional time, time together. A healthy marriage cannot function long-term unless you have intentional time with each other where you're actually getting to know each other. Now, in the busyness of life, this time together is absolutely crucial. It's not the only source, but it's an, a really important part of a healthy relationship. Is simply having intentional time together. You know, Jesus often said he often withdrew to lonely places to pray. He often withdrew, and yet on the other hand, it says he says to the Pharisees, "You search the Scriptures because you think that in them." Is eternal life, but he says, that, "But these scriptures were given to lead you to the person, to lead you to the source of life." So, in everything that you hear, you can't just take one verse. You can't just take the singular. You've got to take the plural. You've got to take Jesus going into quiet places to pray and meditate to be with the Father, and yet he's saying it's not the outward expression of that that brought life. It was the intimacy with my Father. And so he says to the, um, to the Pharisees, you search the Scriptures because you think the Scriptures, the written words on the page, are your source of life. But actually, it's the person that you come into an intimate knowledge of. That's what brings you life. If you tried to get intimate knowledge out of a page, you'd be more likely to have to, I don't know, roll something naughty in it and to actually, like, get something or try and stuff it in your tummy. It's a, this is just getting weird, right? And yet these scriptures are to be a food source. They're to be something that we actually take in and receive that alters us. And so I've just, all right, better slow down. Take a breath. Take a drink. So my solid life has developed, changed, morphed dramatically over time. I'll just share with you a little bit about my background in terms of what it's looked like over the years for me to walk in, my, in relationship with God. Um, so back in the day, back when I was at university, I found myself deeply not satisfied with my life, my relationship with God, where things were at. And that deep dissatisfaction um, led me um, to just going and spending time with him. I shared shared before how I just went and sat in the bush and poured my heart out to God. And at that time, I had a really powerful encounter with him where I just was like I had to tell him I loved him. And it was almost as I said that, that those words formed and did something in me that 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 confession became real within me where I tasted something of his love um, that started to do this work in me. But that encounter that I had that one time didn't necessarily um, come into this day in, day out abiding life that was um, living and dwelling within me. So I was really unsatisfied at my time at university. So um, I felt at the time, I felt led by him. So I, I dropped out of I dropped out of university, um, specifically to to have some time to be alone with him. I worked a part time job in a cafe, and so my days looked like I'd wake up early. I started work at six o'clock until about one o'clock in the afternoon, and then I'd go straight from work to grab something to eat, and then I would be I'd go for a walk, and I'd be sit and I'd sit in the bush, and I'd pray, and I'd meditate, and I'd read the scriptures, and that that was how this expression looked like for me. It was, I was so dissatisfied that it drew me to this place of having to be alone with him. And so I just, I would sit there. I once had a guy who actually stumbled across me when I was sitting in the bush. He like peeked through this little hole and there I was and he's like, "Um, what are you doing? (laughs) And I said, i Praying, <laughs> and he said, That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> and I said, I guess so. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and that was that was the only time I ever got discovered. <laughs> but I was so deeply desperate to know God that, that it forced me in, into this expression of seeking Him. I didn't know any other way to do it. That's the only way that I th- could think of. <laughs> um, and so, I spent at least two hours a day in prayer. And then when I get home, I would have time in reading the Word and maybe listening to sermons and reading reading books and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and it was a powerful time. It was a powerful time letting go of what I thought my life was supposed to be about, my career and, and finance and earning big money and going to university and always, you know, being the top of the class and all of that sort of thing. And I it just found at time, it, I just kind of let I let those things go, and it was a a really powerful, powerful work that he did in me. Um, But while my expression of devotion looked like that at that time, it wasn't the most mature expression of devotion I think that I could have been in. And so God was constantly changing things on me so that I didn't become complacent in my outward expression of devotion being more devoted to devotion than devoted to Him, and so at that time I felt like I was—I almost became confident in this man. I'm spending all this time with God. I'm—I I, I kind of had in my mind, man. I'm—I'm I'm living it. This is like I've given up everything. I've, I'm living this martyred life, this slice of sacrifice. I was fast tracked to becoming the next monk. And I was cool with that. You know, that was my pinnacle for what devotion to Christ looked like. Time in prayer, time in the words, got it, done it, ticked it off. And I was confident in that. And yet that confidence wasn't really a genuine confidence because when I didn't manage to fulfill that, I was anxious and so I was confident when I was nailing it. But when I had times where I was tired or I'd go back and I'd binge watch movies, <laughs> what was that? And I would feel this guilt and this shame and this, man, I was so devoted to God yesterday, but today I've, I've missed it. And so in, in this, I felt like the Holy Spirit, I, I already know this. I didn't know this at the time, but I only know it now in hindsight. He was so devoted to organizing things in my life to not let me be complacent with my limited um, outwards adornment, my limited expression of external devotion. He was committed to me discovering the real thing. And so he aligned and and put things in in my path that shook things up a bit. And so I got to the stage where while this time with him had been a well, and there was some real genuine moments of of change. There was something greater that he had for me, a more mature form of devotion that I hadn't known about. And so it got to the stage where the well, which used to be a well, kind of dried up, and I wasn't really receiving from him in that same way. My heart wasn't being challenged and convicted in a good way and being drawn into relationship with him, and I, I felt a little bit like um things needed to change. And so my, um, it just so happened that my dad um, had an opportunity pop up in his workplace at New Zealand Post. And he said, hey, this job has come up. Do you want to come and work with me? Just another day or two a week answering the phones. So I went in, in my, on my days off and started answering the phones. And within a week, it had turned from a you know a one-day-a-week job to a full-time job in a proper position. And all of a sudden, I went from having all of this time to sit and and be with him, to having most of my time taken up in a nine-to-five job, just like a normal person. And I'm like, man, am I even devoted to God? Where's my hours in prayer? Where's my, my spiritual, you know, whatever it is? And so about a month or two after starting this new job, I had a guy turn up, a homeless guy at a doorstep. I don't even know how it happened now. And so all of a sudden he needed a place to stay, and I invited him to come and stay in the flat. And this was the most high-needs guy you could potentially ever imagine in your entire life. Those who know him will know. (laughs) Jaden's nodding along in the background, but this guy was next level. And all of a sudden, in the matter of a couple of months, I went from having hour upon hour and, and, you know, this devotion to God to having absolutely almost zero hours in the day, where I could sit and pray, meditate, and, and be with him. So things just absolutely took a change of pace in my life. And when this happened, I had this guy living with me. I felt like, the, uh, you know, uh, once again, Greg shared this morning about being divinely hoodwinked or tricked. This was a trick, man. It was like supposed to be just this temporary thing that turned into, what, was it like six months, five, six months, three months, three, four months? It was something ridiculous that we were with day in, day out. And when this, when this happened, a couple of weeks into it, I was, man, I was like, what is going on? God, what have you done to me? I was so devoted to you, and now I'm not devoted. You've taken all of my time away that I had for you for this guy. <laughs> and there was something that happened in this time where my, Devotion to God had to go from solid to liquid. And he knew exactly the situation to put me through to enable me to do that. See, I would never have gone there myself. I wasn't smart enough to know that there was a higher form of devotion than just external day-in, day-out prayer. But he did. And so he orchestrated situations, and he spoke this to me. He said, is your devotion for me so restricted that it can't take this expression by loving him. And so this wasn't a a, a verbal word that I heard like verbally in my my ears. It was something that he's spoken to my heart. Is your devotion to me, it wasn't even to him, is your devotion to me so restricted that it can't take this expression, that it can't look like loving this person? And so my well needed to go from a solid to a liquid. See, this was never about this person needing something from me. It was always about a divine work that God had wanted to do in me through having him come and be a part of my life. I wonder if we see all of our relationships like that. Well, I wonder if we see our kids like that. These people who suck our time and suck our energy and Suck out everything good in our lives, you know. (laughs) Or I wonder if they are people that were divinely put there by him to do a work in our hearts so that we would transition from having a solid form of devotion to having a liquid form. In fact, not one or the other, but both. Both. So I learned in that time how to draw from a well that wasn't solid. I learned to draw from a well that was living and dynamic. And so in this time, God was speaking to my heart and convicting me about what it looks like to love him and that love doesn't just look like reading your Bible. Love looks like love, an expression has to be devoted to him and one another. See, the prophet Elijah had to go through the same dilemma. He was drinking from one life source, and God had to take him out of that, not because he was trying to be ruthless, but because there was a a higher and a more mature expression of trust and devotion that God had for him. So in uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17, um, you don't need to. Um, you don't need to go there. Just jot it down and go and have a look at it later. I might not actually read it. I'll just paraphrase it for you. Elijah steps onto the scene, having no like with no background, no history. We don't know anything about this guy. And the first thing that we see from him is that he's standing and confronting this apostate king Ahab, and he calls down drought and famine on the land. He said. Uh, what does he say? As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So he he institutes this drought and famine, speaks this word out across the entire land. And God takes this prophet and he hides him, excuse me, and he hides him down by this little stream. And he gets drink. He drinks from the stream while the entire land has nothing to drink. And he feeds him with ravens, these unclean birds that come and give him. It's almost like the Israelites with this living man falling from heaven. So the entire, the entire land's in drought and famine. And God has this prophet Elijah sitting, drinking from streams of water and being fed day in, day out by ravens who are literally dropping food to his feet. Isn't that a pretty cool, it's pretty cool to drink from that well. But then all of a sudden the well dries up, the stream stops to trickle, and Elijah has to transition from drawing his life source from the stream and ravens coming from heaven, which God could have easily kept going. And God says, I want you now to go and I'm going to give, I'm going to feed you through a widow, So he goes and finds this widow that God talks to him about who is just with her son, and they're so impoverished and so poor that they're just about to mix a little bit of flour and water together, and then they're going to go away and die together. It's like you come to this 50-year-old lady who's literally on her deathbed, and she's just popped down to countdown to get this last loaf of bread with the last dollar that she has in her bank account. Next minute, knock, 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 this man of God stands at the door. Hey, um, you know that loaf of bread that you just brought with your last dollar that you're going to eat before you die? Um, as a prophet of God, I'm here today to tell you that that bread belongs to me. <laughs> Imagine the guts of the man. Imagine that going down on his resume. Prophet, this would be headline news on stuff. You know, mega church leader turns up at elderly woman's house who's on her deathbed and takes her dying meal from her. I wonder how that would go down. I wonder if stuff would report that as God's divine provision for this woman or if it's this form of selfish manipulation where this church leader comes to suck everything he can. You see, Elijah has to learn how to transition from one life source to another. He has to be able to receive a word that's solid and a word that's liquid. He has to be able to receive from God in the quiet place, and he has to be able to receive from God in the dynamic speaking to him at a moment's notice to move from where he was to where God wanted him to be. See, this wasn't about the young lady and her um, and her need for provision. This was about God doing a work in a prophet, a mature work, where he would learn to trust in a way that he never would before. And in doing so, God blesses the prophet with food, and he blesses the lady, and he says, "As long as you live, this bread, this won't run out. This water, this well is—it's not a well that now runs dry." the source of your provision, the wellspring that you're now drawing from is not earthly anymore. It's heavenly, it's eternal. And so he provides for Elijah and he provides for the lady from a greater source of life than they could have ever imagined. And so for me, God had to transition me from a well that was a bucket that was scraping the bottom of a well and he had to draw me out to drink from a greater well, a deeper well, a well that had me trusting not in my external form of devotion, but in his life-giving spirit and his ability to feed me in a way that I never imagined was possible, not through my own religious devotion, but through the goodness of who he is. Isn't that awesome? He's so committed to us, and everything that he does is to is to mature us and to bring us to the most full Position of maturity that's possible, and you see repentance changing the way that we think, changing the way that we operate, is overwhelmingly positive. God almost, almost always, just like when you are teaching your children, it's it's always positive. It's always He's got our best intentions at heart, and He's committed to bringing us through into everything that He has for us. Cool, but I thought here. But wait, liquid cannot take the place of solid. It must be both. So I've just talked with you here about spending time with him in the word, spending time in prayer, and about a work that he did to bring me out of just that and into a more dynamic relationship. But don't hear that as okay, therefore time devotional time with him in the word, reading the word and in prayer is not important. It has to be both. In fact, it's what I put here. um, This encounter with him, where he taught me that it wasn't just about this external form of devotion, there was nothing greater for my devotional, my solid life, than being in a dynamic relationship with him that was day in, day out. The two things interlinked, the two things became more dynamic. And so all of a sudden, being able to be with him and learn from him in the daily things of life started to bring the scriptures to life in a way that I didn't know were even possible. In this, um, this time with this, with this young man, I'm not sure if I've, I don't think I have it in my, uh, so I, in my limited time with him, I was reading about the woman at the well and it says this, if you knew the gift of God and what stood in front of you, you would ask and he would give you living water. So that was something that I had read recently. And then I was sitting at the stools of our breakfast bar in dialogue with this, with this young man who was absolutely refusing every form of help that was available to him. And God whispered in my heart, If you knew the gift of God and the one who said to you, come and drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. And so I saw in the relationship that I had with this young guy, oh my goodness, if he just asked, then he would receive opportunity after opportunity. He would receive more and more uh, um, from me that would empower him to live this independent and awesome life. And God whispered into my heart, you know that scripture that you just read? That's for you. And so all of a sudden, the word transferred from being solid to liquid, back to solid, back to liquid. And this word became more than just words on a page. It became a, re- a living reality that impacted my heart. You now I look back on my life, And I couldn't tell you a time when I simply just read the word and I was changed. But I could tell you time and time again, times where I read words on the page that became living inside of me. And all of a sudden, I was different in a way that I never was before. See, it's the living word that produces life, that comes through something, an expression of devotion that might be solid and an expression that may be liquid. See in marriage we know this, or well, I feel like a mature expression of marriage is that your kids should if you are if you are holding it in the right way, your kids should never take away from your own relationship with your wife. They should only add to it. So when you have one or the other, you will have your time with your wife and your time with your kids, and because your time with your kids take such a toll on your time with your wife that they're a hindrance to your relationship as opposed to something that adds to it. That's what happens when solid and liquids are separate. But when they're together, your relationship with your children and your heart, remember this is about us, your heart in that and your humility to be teachable, to learn from The Holy Spirit, as God teaches you about how to be loving, how to be patient, like we heard this morning, really, how to have love formed in our innermost being. All of a sudden, when you have that humility and you're being teachable and you're learning through your kids and you share that with your wife and you're vulnerable, all of a sudden, the kids aren't the problem. They're the thing that empowers an even more beautiful expression of oneness than you ever had before. But if they're separate, it can't possibly do that because they're taking away from. But they're not supposed to. It was never supposed to be one or the other. It was always supposed to be both. And when these two things are interfused and interlinked, your kids can never take away from you. They can only enrich you. So what does my solid look like now? Real simple. It looks like taking some time to pray, and read in the morning. It looks like reading the Word on the train on my way to work. It looks like taking a walk in the evenings when I get the opportunity and just sitting and meditating on the Word, meditating on what He's been doing in my life. It means sometimes taking a day of annual leave just to go and go for a day hike and just to be with Him. Now, week to week, it might not look exactly like that, but it's got some of those elements to it. And I have to be intentional about it. Life is busy. I work, full, I work full time in town in a busy job. I'm on the eldership team. We have one of the most active two-year-olds I've ever encountered in my life. <laughs> I'm married. We live in another household with Mark and Kathleen and another young child. Life is full and it's busy. And so time to be solid has to be intentional, And so in my week to week, it has to take one of those forms because if I don't rearrange my schedule to make it happen, it will never happen, ever. No one ever sought God by kicking back and relaxing and saying God will do a work when he's ready. See, we have to learn how to have these two-in-one or these three-in-one, this dynamic relationship, which says, yes, everything that gets divinely done within us comes by the Holy Spirit and not by our own human effort. But yet, if you don't seek Him with your whole heart, you'll never come into that. So how do you have both? How do you have both? There has to be a posture that you hold within you where both of those things are operating within you at the same time. You've got to have solid and liquid. You've got to be able to seek Him with your whole heart and yet be in a posture of absolute, total, complete dependence on Him to do this work within you. And so over the years, what has changed is not necessarily the external form, but it's my thinking and the way that I see those things has completely morphed into something that was different than I could have imagined. Way back in the day, my time in prayer used to look like me almost groveling to God and saying, God, come on, do this work within me. I need you to change me. I need you, I need to be somewhere that I'm not. I need to be more devoted. I, I just spent more time. If i man, if I just read the Bible more, that that is just not even part of my thinking anymore. When I sit with him while, while I still go for walks, and that external form looks exactly the same, to be honest, I sit with him and I just pour out my heart and thanks for what he's done, thanks for who he's called me to be. God, thank you that you have brought me into this awesome relationship with you. I thank you that you've been teaching me about righteousness. And Father, I thank you that I've been made new and new, that the old things have passed away and all things have become new. I thank you for what you're doing in Levi and Tess, and I thank you for my marriage. There's, there's hope, there's faith. It's, it's, my pre life has become now more an expression of faith and less an expression of unbelief. And so the external form has stayed similar, but the internal substance in it is dramatically different. And that is, to me, drawing from this wellspring. It wasn't the time in prayer that was the wellspring. It was the dynamic relationship with him that was brought to life through an expression of prayer. So what does liquid look like now? Well, this is the once again liquid is the day in day out teaching that God um, does in us through the through the everyday things of life. Um, recently, I started um, I started a new job, and I've gone from being um, a, I was a work broker, so working with employers and business owners in the city, and working with clients, helping them find jobs. And now I'm a policy analyst, so it sounds a flashy title, but I write briefings and reports for, um, for government ministers, all to do with um, youth employment and the labor market. And so it's a very different job. I've gone from administering these policies to, um, to clients and employers down on the ground to now um, providing advice for Um, government decision makers and so I came into this I came into this new role and I had a conversation with the the general manager who calls every new person and just for a bit of a chit chat and we were talking about the two the the difference between the two roles the being down on the ground administering policies to the people and being in this um, this policy analyst role um, um, working for government ministers and she's and she said, now you've gone from your clients being um, job seekers and beneficiaries to now your clients are MPs and government ministers. And it was as she was saying that, I was like, oh my goodness. This is what God is calling us as the church and our thinking and our perspective to go from. See, there are so many issues in the government sector of people who are administering policies on the ground to the people being disconnected from what the ultimate policy intention was, from the heartbeat of the decision makers. And so as she was describing this, I was like, my goodness, the church has, has for the lack of heavenly and apostolic heart, has made their primary focus reaching lost people and administering signs and wonders and healings and things to people, and they've lost, they've become disconnected from the source of life and the heartbeat of the ones in power, the decision-makers, who this was all about. And as she said that, I almost fell off my chair. I think she was surprised at how much I had gotten out of this meeting. (laughs) I said, sorry, Fiona, this is more than what you're saying. (laughs) But this was a liquid form of receiving a dynamic word that was for me. See, this didn't come through reading the Scriptures, but it was Scripture. I received something about this apostolic heartbeat of God for His church, where everything that comes in ministry to one another must flow from the source of life, Christ Himself, and then be administered to people. See, working income staff had been disconnected from the source of life and they were left without resource, struggling and striving to meet their everyday demands when there was an abundant source of life flowing through from this apostolic government that had an abundance of resource that if they had just turned and asked and aligned themselves with the heartbeat of what this government was all about, they would have received an abundance of life for themselves, not striving in their work, their day in, day out to meet the needs of the people, receiving a source of life that nourished them and stopped them from working overtime, draining themselves and received a living word, a living source of power and life and able to administer that to lost and broken people. That was a divine word spoken to me, the word of God becoming living in my heart through a conversation with our general manager on my second week of work. See, relationship with God isn't just solid. It's not just liquid. It's both. See, from there, I'm now inspired to go away and to meditate on Ephesians chapter four that talks about this relationship between the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher I had received something that was living and it empowered me to seek out something in the written word that then became alive. Isn't that awesome? And that's to be our day in, day out reality. But we must be hungry, vulnerable, teachable, able to receive from him. So what about gas? This, almost this mysterious third element of the Trinity of water. So, Paul talks about being a fragrant aroma to Christ. This work that Christ has done within him now leaks. It's like body odor, but a good body odor. <laughs> it's like deodorant is like filtering through his bloodstream, <laughs> and that's, that's, that smell just wafts for everyone to see. See, our intimate relationship, our solid and our liquid has to take an expression in our ministry to others. Otherwise, we probably don't have the solid and liquid. See, Chris Reddington, the other week in prayer, had an awesome prophecy. He, he shared about, um, um, do you remember this? Genesis, in Genesis where the Spirit of God was hovering um, across the um, the surface of the earth. And he talked about how, you know, we're always praying for this rain to come down. But in the beginning, God's intention was this mist that would rise up from the earth that would water the ground. And he talked about the church being this people who had a life source within them that exuded from them. It wasn't this constant calling, calling rain down for the people. It was this mist that rose up from, from the people. Did I get that right, Chris? And it was a powerful, a powerful prophecy and a powerful word. And so I've put here, all ministry flows from this place. It's intimately linked with our solid and with our liquid. So you see, when I'm, when I'm preaching here tonight, this is a gas. You're, you're receiving not from my, primarily you're not receiving from my time that I spent um, going for a walk on Friday night to seek him taking a bit of time and Levi's sleep time on Saturday and a little bit of time this afternoon to put my thoughts down in a bit more of a clear and logical order. That's what preaching looked like. But you're not rece- that's not gas. You're not receiving, that's not what you're receiving. You're not receiving this sermon that has words. You're receiving from a well that's been dug over years, from a life source that I've received in my day-in, day-out relationship with Christ that's fed me, nourished me, And that exudes, through a physical expression, a solid in preparation. But you're receiving so much greater than that. It's the substance of Christ himself. And so our gas, our our ministry flows from intimate relationship. It takes a physical form and a physical expression, but it has a source of life. If it didn't, I would have notes here. That I would follow to a T, and I would be nervous that anyone would ask a question. I'd be nervous to even engage with you, because if I left my notes, I wouldn't have anything else to say. But what you get here is that I'd say about thirty percent of what I share is um, things that I've pre-prepared and written down. I do a structure and some bullet points, but most of this is not just tonight, but in in all of my preaching, things. Things are coming out. This is so dynamic that uh, a, a well that is within me, this living water that I receive, things that I haven't even, th- I receive in the moment. Things are coming out that I haven't even thought of. Things are coming out that I meditated on two years ago. I'm like, my goodness, I, th- I haven't thought about that for years. I haven't read that scripture in forever. And all of a sudden out from within me pours this torrent of living water. And so this is what ministry looks like when you're drawing from the wellspring. It's dynamic, and it's exciting. It means that up here, I don't know what you're going to get, and neither do you. (laughs) And yet it's cool because you receive something that's heavenly and divine as opposed to something that's pre-prepared, locked in, um, a a form of words, a godliness that has no power. See, Paul says, My message and my preaching are not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and our power so you 're receiving a demonstration of the spirit and power here tonight you 're receiving a demonstration of the spirit when you come in and spend time with our family it's it 's the same thing it's it 's the word that gets preached from a living place and so um, I think that 's probably almost good for time. Um, I have a couple more examples. I might just just leave it there so we have time for discussion. But let's just pray. Father, I thank you that you are three in one. I thank you that you are one, Father, that you're dynamic, that you're multifaceted, that you impart this living word to us through the scriptures, through time in prayer, through time with people, Father, through ministering to one another, through discipleship, I thank you that your word is living and active, and it does a transforming work within us. I thank you that we can draw from a wellspring that never runs dry, a source of life that is eternal, heavenly, and nourishes our innermost being, our soul. So Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us tonight through our discussion, through our time together, um, and through our weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So um, Rochelle is just handing out now some questions. Um, So there's a few questions there. And and on the back of your sheet, um, there's some homework for you. I told you we were going back to school tonight. So there's some homework for you. Um, Have a read through it. Um, So what it says is that on the back there, there's a number of scriptures, a number of passages. You're to choose one of those passages of scripture read it, eat it, meditate on it, ask the Holy Spirit for this life source, this living mana, and then take the time to break those scriptures down one by one. What is God saying? What is He speaking to you about? And when we come back next week, we're going to hear from a small handful of people, a couple of people, what it was that you received from those words so this is an opportunity to put into practice what we've been receiving here tonight about eating meditating drawing from his living word um, and um, we'll see here uh, tomorrow night who will uh, be picked out of the hat <laughs> so you've got to be ready um, to, to report back and share with us what you've learned cool thanks guys